It seems like just yesterday since I stood awestruck and speechless, watching my wife-to-be and her father walk hand-in-hand up the aisle towards me. Yet it's going on five years now since I married my best friend, and five glorious years they've been. To say we met online wouldn't be quite right because I've known my wife for a long time. We grew up in the same small town, went to the same high school, even attended some of the same parties in college. But it wasn't until we met online, Facebook to be exact, that we found that our souls intertwined, got together offline, and the chemistry was there as well. Seven years later, we're going on five years of marriage, and I like to think that we're better through the worst of it. That said, marriage is deep stuff. Through health and sickness alike, you've got to stay strong, but there are gifts along the way. Yeah, every anniversary has a suggested gift, and it goes by year. There's a modern gift and a traditional gift, and I like to think it's the fifth anniversary that prompted the modern gift of silver, if only because sophomoric humor ruined the traditional fifth anniversary gift of wood. Now today, I'd like to talk about apples, a little more about social media, and the president, as we say I do, to more joshing around. Facebook, the largest social network on the planet, having a bit of a rough year, and this week is no exception, with their stock down as much as 20% because of a miss on quarterly revenue. Yet, they still ended up making $13.2 billion in the second quarter of this year, which is a 42% year-over-year increase. Keep in mind, seemingly Facebook's the only social network out there making any money, yet investors are still panicked. Ladies and gentlemen of the investment world, don't just do something, stand there. Of course, by now, we all know the evolution of Facebook. It started with people posting pictures of their chicken salad sandwiches. Then upon seeing the popularity of those pictures, creators started to post recipes for chicken salad, which in turn led to chicken salad memes, which gave way to news about salmonella and chicken salad, and fake or otherwise, that was enough to make me give up chicken salad entirely. I'm going to stay on Facebook, though, if only because that's where my wedding photos and baby pictures are. And right there's the problem with Snapchat. They never gave me a reason to come back by holding hostage the pictures and memories of those I love. With that in mind, Snapchat is where I do all my Bitmoji editing. Have you not seen the Joshin' Around cartoons? Oh my! Check them out on Instagram, at Joshua Around. You're going to love what you see. I guarantee it. Tempted was I for a minute to track down one of those pop-up vending machines dispensing Snapchat spectacles, but that's only because I like scavenger hunts. Meanwhile, Facebook counts nearly a third of the world's population as users on their platform, with 1.5 billion daily users. Meanwhile, investors are upset because growth is flat in the United States and even falling slightly in Europe. But still, it may be flat, but nobody's going anywhere because Facebook knows where the bodies are buried. With that in mind, it's about time for Josh and Around to get a Facebook page, if only so you can tell your grams about the show. Though don't tell her about my Instagram page. That's where I post the racy stuff. Though it's true I can be a bit manic on social media, one minute I'm overposting everything, and then five minutes later I'm overposting entirely. Hey, follow me on Twitter, at Joshua Around, and you could have read that joke last night. Donald Trump's a big deal on Twitter. And that's true during his presidency just as much as it was before it. Now, there's no doubt he's quite a personality. And while I'd be more than comfortable with him being the biggest car dealer in the tri-state area, I'm still getting used to the thought of him as president. As an aside, before ascending the ranks to the height of president, 
Donald Trump owed $360 million to the German Deutsche Bank, who at the time was under investigation for mirror trading with Russian oligarchs. That's why when a tape came out this week that supposedly showcased the president saying that he should pay off a former playmate with cash, I knew the tapes had to be fake. Because when has the president ever paid cash for anything? Given enough time, I'll come around, though, if only because I respect the office of the president so much. I used to stay calm throughout the George W. Bush presidency by reminding myself that his father was a wise and dutiful public servant. Part of me fears, though, that I may one day be using this same rationale to allay concerns about President Donald Trump Jr. As they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Except for that one apple, who never saw eye to eye with the tree, he ended up running away and filling a pie in the big city. Speaking of apples in the city, where did the term the Big Apple come from? According to William Sapphire, who penned the long-running New York Times column on language, the earliest known usage appears in the book The Wayfarer in New York, published in 1909, in which author Edward S. Martins writes, Kansas is apt to see in New York a greedy city. It inclines to think that the Big Apple gets a disproportionate share of the national sap. However, the Random House Dictionary of American Slang describes that usage as metaphorical or perhaps proverbial rather than a concrete example of the latter slang term. It's since been proven that the Big Apple was popularized as a name for New York City by John J. Fitzgerald in a number of horse racing articles for the New York Morning Telegraph in the 1920s. The earliest of these was a casual reference on May the 3rd, 1921, where he writes, J.P. Smith with Tippity Witchet and others of the L.T. Bower string is scheduled to start for the Big Apple tomorrow after a most preposterous spring campaign at Bowie and Habit de Grace. Fitzgerald referred to the Big Apple frequently thereafter. He explained his use in a column dated February 18, 1924, under the headline Around the Big Apple. The Big Apple, the dream of every lad that ever threw a leg over a thoroughbred and the goal of all horsemen. There's only one Big Apple. That's New York. The term didn't catch on in popularity, though, until the early 1970s when it was used in a marketing campaign for New York City tourism. Boy, did the city need it, too, because murders had increased from 548 in 1963 to 1,680 10 years later, which is a 300% increase in the Big Apple's murder rate, even though the population only increased by 1.5% over that time. How about them apples? Now, though, it's once again safe to walk the streets of New York City or even stroll through Central Park after dark. And with that in mind, I really need to start exercising. I thought about taking a spin class, and sometimes I think about speed walking or jogging, but then I just run out of ideas. And that's where I sit now, pacing the hamster wheel in search of one last zinger. But alas, we'll have to leave that last laugh on the vine and instead end the show. Thanks for liking my chicken salad sandwich. Once I get that Facebook page online, I'll certainly suggest you share. Remember, though, this isn't the Waldorf, so keep the apples on the side. No big deal that the show offers a little dissent here and there, right? I'm just pointing out the absurdities that abound, even though I know that's just the price of power. Cash, gas, or ass, nobody governs for free. But if that's the price we pay, let's just keep our focus on all this joshing around.